I got one foot in the cradle and one in the grave, an Iron Man fic, written by Shauf the Wind, read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid. Summary. He sneers at her. The soldier, he says, then the spy, and now you. The sugar plum fairy, says Tony. Damn fucking right. Tony has a system every time something weird happens. She has Jarvis look into S.H.I.E.L.D. servers to see if it's because of them. It doesn't work, really. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s firewalls are too secure. Remote hacking is out of the question. Even for Jarvis, who can get past the digital borders in North Korea if she asks him to. If she's going to be honest about it, it worries her. Some of the stories Aunt Peggy used to tell, back when Tony could get her drunk enough to do it, have made her leery of any sort of intelligence organization that keeps its own intelligence under wraps. She hasn't seen Peggy Carter in years now, she thinks curling her fingers through Pepper's hair while Pepper sleeps, not since the cremation ceremony. She had the distinct impression back then that she disappointed Margaret fucking Carter somehow, and so Tony had done what she'd always done and cut Peggy out entirely. It strikes her suddenly that Peggy Carter might even be dead. She hates that idea, and it pisses her off how much she hates it. Jarvis, she says quietly, so she doesn't wake up Pepper. Find Peggy Carter for me, would you? Yes, Miss Stark. It's not fate that the day after Jarvis finds Margaret fucking Carter for her, she meets Captain fucking America. No, it's not fate. It's just really fucking bad luck. She's not sure what to expect from Captain Stars and Stripes. Her dad never talked about Steve Rogers much. She thinks it would have been different if Tony had been a boy, like her father wanted. The only time she can remember Howard Stark even mentioning Rogers is on Aunt Peggy's birthday once a year. Aunt Peggy would always get this super pinched, super sad look on her face when he did it, but her dad kept doing it. She supposed it was because Howard needed to hear it more than Peggy wanted to. She's not sure what she expects, but she's damn sure what she gets, which is a stuck-up naive choir boy who'd probably shit his pants if she came on to him. Coulson follows him around like some kind of fucked-up puppy dog, preening like Captain Tight Pants is some kind of patriotic Jesus throwback brought back from the planet Izod or something. He's not. He's a dick with a stick up his ass the size of Italy, and he could do with a good few sharp shocks to the system, preferably with a taser, or a lightning bolt or two. The world isn't nice, she wants to scream at him. You're not in black and white anymore. You fought the fucking Nazis, but we're not your goddamn soldiers. We don't just move where you tell us to. You might have given up your free fucking will, but I'll let you kill me before you can take mine. Tony wishes to Helen back that Pepper were here, and claps her bot onto Nick Fury's workstation. Probably the only tolerable person on this goddamn wreck of a boat is Bruce Banner, and he's twitchier than dummy on speed. She'd experimented with his programming once when she was drunk. It didn't end well. He's as fucked up as the rest of them, but at least those scars are obvious. He doesn't bullshit. He's straight with you. When he says, make me mad and I'll probably kill you, he's telling the absolute truth. He hates it, but he does it, and so Tony likes him. Agent Coulson watches them for the first half an hour or so of their jibber-jabber, 
his eyes jumping from one of them to the other like he's following some kind of fucked-up tennis match. Tony catches him looking and drops him a wink. I'd invite you in on the action, Agent, but you're a taken man. Or so I've heard. What is she, a violist? Colin looks as though he's sucked on a lemon. Banner makes a face. Can we focus on the radiation, please? Only radiation in here is the stuff you brought along with you, Mop Top. She knocks him with her shoulder, and then flicks through a few dialogue bars on her flat screen, snapping them onto the nearest monitor. Besides, I have already amended your equation. I don't think squaring will solve the issue. But it looks nicer. She holds out her fist. Come on, Banner, don't leave me hanging. Bruce Banner looks from Coulson to her and back again, as if he's searching for an explanation. Then, with a sigh, he taps his knuckles against hers. Boom, says Tony. Science bros. Coulson leaves, shaking his head. Thing she hates about S.H.I.E.L.D., the coffee. You'd think it was the robot suits, or the WMDs, or hell, even the shitty-ass tech. Who still uses screens when they could have 3D imagers? But no, it's their gankered-as-hell coffee, burnt to a crisp and tasting of Stalin's hairy asshole. She should have brought her own beans. Tony Stark's list of Avengers. Thor, decent dude. She makes a mental note to ask how many shots he can drink before he passes out. Also, she wants to touch his chest in a completely platonic, I am taken sort of way. Huge green rage machine. Stand back. We shall science. Merida's hot uncle. Who knows? She said a grand total of three words to them, and two of them were a partial sex joke. Captain Liberty. Hates her guts. It's not too hard to see. He glares at her. She wonders if it's because she looks like Howard Stark, plus awesome tits, or if it's because she doesn't take his shitty orders. Who knows? It could be both. It could even be that she keeps hitting on Romanoff just to see Natalie Rushman roll her eyes or ask if one red-headed bombshell isn't enough for her. Pepper's enough. Pepper's more than enough. Tony just keeps doing it to make Natasha fucking Romanoff say red-headed bombshell as many times as fucking possible. He thinks she's spastic. Obviously. He thinks she's spoiled. Have you met me? He thinks she's never sacrificed a damn thing in her life, and it's going to bite her in her ass. Not if I kick your balls up between your teeth first. She wonders sometimes what Aunt Peggy saw in the sky. Sometimes she thinks she catches glimpses. He's smarter than he looks, and quicker than he acts. He takes no shit and gives none back. And she hates admitting it, but it's probably true. He's just like Justice and Liberty had a batshit baby with time displacement issues. He's just one of those guys who is genuinely good, which is why Aunt Peggy loved him. His sainthood gets on Tony's nerve. Natasha. Now Natasha's easier. They have a system, Tony and Natasha. Having a system is always good. Give Natasha shit, get shit back. For a super scary Russian spy who could kill Tony with her pinky finger, Natasha has a wickedly dirty sense of humor. It scares the shit out of Coulson to see Natasha Romanov and Tony Stark getting along. It's probably 80% of the reason why Tony resolves to keep doing it for as long as possible. She calls Pepper in between Phil Coulson dying and Captain America getting his shit together. If you need me, Pepper says, the Mark P's only a few hours away. I can get there and help. You don't need to save the world in the Mark P, Pep, she says. You can do it in Louis Vuitton's at a high-rise desk. A high-rise desk sounds stupid, Pepper hums. You sure you don't need me there? I always need you. Be safe, Tony says instead. Alien guts might blow your way in a few hours. Better only be alien guts. I don't think I want any other biohazards on my plane. Yeah, Tony thinks. I really fucking love this woman.
If any of them had to die, it should have been her. She thinks it as she heads for New York. She thinks it as she watches the portal open, as the Chitari stream forth. It should have been her. She will wake up screaming for the rest of her life, because it should have been her. You cheat death. It comes back to bite you. Antonia Esther Stark. His name, she says through gritted teeth, was Phil. Another person who hates her guts. Loki. She's not sure what his last name is. Do Asgardians even have last names? It seems backwards for a society that's supposed to be a million years in the technological future. He sneers at her. The soldier, he says. Then the spy, and now you. The sugar plum fairy, says Tony. Damn fucking right. It's apt that it's you who's come after me now. Loki shifts his hands on his glow stick. The sellout. The washed-up genius trying to clamber into her father's boots. Nah, his feet were smaller than mine. Go figure. You know what they say about men in foot size. She dips her eyes down to his feet. What do you wear? Six? Six and a half? His fingers dig into her throat. Tony chokes. You, says Loki. You are nothing. A useless, gibbering whore like all of your kind. I will take great pleasure in destroying you. That's what she said, Tony croaks, and lets him throw her out a window. Totally won that one. Germany was a shit show. The helicarrier? Fucking ridiculous. New York is a nightmare. She remembers the fights with Obi, with Vanco. They don't hold the candle to this. This is destruction. She sees Afghanistan all over again, and the streets and the subway tunnels, fire and terror and monsters from under the bed. This is Jonah and the whale, Ahab and Moby Dick, Stoker and Dracula. This is war, but it's more than that. It's nothing she's ever experienced before. She thinks she'll never experience it again. It's one of the few times Tony Stark is ever wrong about aliens. She shouldn't be surprised when S.H.I.E.L.D. deploys the nuke, but she is. Somehow she is. She's forgotten working with Captain Fuckface McDouche-Dick. That one's good. She's sticking it on Twitter. That there are people who actually lack morals. Blow up Manhattan? Cool. Let me drop a warhead on the billionaire and over eight million people. The suit's almost out of power. Jarvis is jittering in her head. She punches the gas and breaks the sound barrier as she flies, pushing harder. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Because she's the only one. The only one who can do it. Fuck Captain Fuckface. This is her. She can do this. She will do this. Pepper's dial tone rings out. She engages the magnets. She sees a flash of Natasha's brilliant red hair, waved rather than curled, and makes a mental note to tell her to keep the haircut. It's fucking sexy. She hears hot guys swear in her comms. She hits the barrier. And then there is space. The nuke leaves her hands. She can't breathe. I don't want to die. She sees stars, and they burn so bright against her eyes. It's space. The air. His name was Phil. There's nothing. Let the other guy crawl over you. Silence. Pepper finally arrives when she's in the hospital. Tony's never willingly entered a hospital in her life. She can only say that it's all Captain Tightpants' fault. For an instant, Tony almost doesn't recognize her. She's seen this woman disheveled and sex-tossed and pouting, furious and incandescent with color burning bright in her cheeks. Smiling and softer than silk, but never like this. Pepper's frayed, and she takes one look at Tony before sinking into the chair that Captain Tightpants left behind, seizing both of Tony's hands in hers and pressing them to her forehead, her cheeks. You idiot, she says, and her voice cracks. 
You idiot, you stupid fool. What's with you? Not picking up the phone, huh? Tony rasps. Not even when your girlfriend goes to the other end of the galaxy. Seriously feeling the love here. Pepper chokes out a laugh and sets her lips to the center of Tony's palm. You idiot, she says again. You idiot. And then she's crying, out and out crying, and Tony flutters her hands, because what the fuck is she supposed to do when the most put-together woman on the planet bursts into tears in her hospital room? Finally, she does the only thing she can do, and pulls Pepper forward on the bed. Fuck hospital rags. Pepper sets her palms against Tony's broken ribs, and hides her face in Tony's collarbone. You asshole. She hisses into Tony's skin. You asshole. Guilty as charged, she says, and sets her cheek to Pepper's hair. They fall asleep like that. If Tony were less cynical, she'd call it cute. Since she's cynical as fuck, it's just really goddamn uncomfortable. She does it anyway, and when she wakes up, she shakes Pepper awake too. Babe, she says, give me a notepad. My fingers have plans inside. Pepper rolls her eyes. It's a month later when she picks up the phone. Hi, she said. It's me, Tony. There's a long silence from the other end of the phone. Then, it's about bloody time. <laughs>